Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so the best part of Thanksgiving is that we will now have three games going on Thursday. So everybody can forget about what happened to the Bears a couple of days ago. Although I'm still coming to grips with it. I'm still trying to rationalize things. And we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to look forward. There's a Monday night game against the Minnesota Vikings. I'm tearing up. So, Sammy, let's just start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. So many of you are on your way out probably right now to go meet up with some old friends uh, at your local stopping grounds. Everybody going back home. This week, I know a lot of my friends going back to Corona, California. My friends who are in Chicago going back to Chicago. Everybody is traveling. And so uh, I'm going to be solo tonight, which is about, which is, hey, listen, it's about, it's, it stands to reason. There's so many things going on. It's a hectic week. I want to thank everybody for being here. I know it's a depressing time. A lot to go over. And I do want to talk about a lot of things that happened on Sunday. I addressed a couple of it in our shorts and everything like that. Short videos, not in my shorts. So I addressed a couple of those things. And so uh, I wanted to go over that, reiterate a couple of things. We'll look a little, we'll look a little forward. But I think there's some things that we definitely need to go over. Number one, I will say this. The Tyler Scott Show will happen today, or not today, but this week. And he's not, like, for people who are like, he shouldn't be, like, first of all, don't ever, like, these people, these players are human beings working a job, just like you and me. And I can't even imagine, like, if you're working at Starbucks and you get somebody's order wrong, do they, are you not allowed? Are you not allowed to do anything for a week? You can't talk. Till he gets his lattes orders right, he can't be talking it like stop it. Um, I was looking forward to it, and, and Tyler was looking forward to coming on too. By the way, Tyler addressed the media. He talked to people. He has had to face the the, the music, so to speak. I, our friend Bayless Jones Jr. We were in Los Angeles. I was there in the locker room when he had to talk to reporters. These guys do not shy away from talking about what's going on in the field and i will tell you this that you know what i wanted tyler to catch that football i think we i think he wants to catch that football 
But at the same time, mistakes are made. And things happen on a football field. Look what happened to MVS on Monday night. Look at Patrick Mahomes throwing an interception in the end zone. Travis Kelsey drops a football inside the 10-yard line. NFL players make mistakes. And it is not fair to sit here with, that guy better not be with Taylor Swift. Like, stop it. They're still human beings who are fallible, and sometimes you make a mistake. And I think that Tyler will admit to anybody he wishes, he, he, he felt like he should have caught that football, and that's fine. And we would have talked about it, and we were going to talk about it at some point in the near future, and we will address it. We'll talk about it. Tyler did some nice things in that game too. So, again, there's plenty of stuff to go over. It's a, it's a rookie learning how to play on the NFL level. So back off. Everybody back off. That, I, I think that's a big thing. There's there's a lot of blame and there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of things going around and it's easy to go back. And, and again, I don't want to spend too much time looking back, but I think it's important. This is my first opportunity to really have an expanded forum to kind of talk through what happened on Sunday because we were sitting there. By the way, thanks again to everybody who came out to Rip Beer Company. The fact that we still draw people, Chicago fans are the best. Thanksgiving, a getaway weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, we still had a pretty nice crowd. Of course, the Bears will be on the road Monday night in Minnesota, so we probably won't have a turnout for Rip Beer Company this weekend, but then we'll be back the following week. Here's my – actually, no, because I got my – the Red Lightning, my daughter's uh, 10U soccer team, is in the uh, section regionals. I don't know. We're moving on. We keep winning tournaments, and we keep moving on, so we'll be doing that. But, by the way, if you are looking for a place to watch games this weekend, might I recommend – Game Room Chicago, uh, which is located in the historic Chicago Athletic Association Hotel. It features billiards, shuffleboard, skee-ball, pop-a-shot, and so much more. And with plenty of space there to watch your favorite football games. You can go watch the Big Ten on Saturday. You can watch all the NFL action on Sunday. Keep track of your fantasy teams. And it's got a menu featuring Michelin-starred chef Mari Katsumura snack foods. There are also beer towers, a weekend Bloody Mary bar, and shareable signature cocktails. Game Room Chicago is the place to be on game day. Uh, so listen, we got nothing to do on Sunday. Go to Game Room Chicago. Go check it out. Listen, it's a classy place. Go check it out. It, it'll be nice to go enjoy football in a classy establishment, a great hotel. Uh, so you want to go check that out. But going back to Sunday, and I, I mean, I, I wrote down some thoughts. I, I'm, out, I'm, I'm honestly choking on chips and salsa. I have the, the hottest salsa. This is not Arizona salsa. This is this is uh, California, Southern California salsa. So if I'm choking up a little bit, I'm trying to work through it right now. This is where I needed Carmen, um, who's traveling right now. She's heading out to Detroit for the game tomorrow. So likely not going to be here, and that's fine. We'll, we'll spend some time together. When I look back at that game, and again, I don't want to go – I don't, I don't know. I know, I know I'm a positive person. I will start with Justin Fields. And I think this is fair to say that now that we've seen Justin Fields in his last three full games, and I guess I, let's just get into this. In his last three full games, Justin Fields has played excellent. Like he's played excellent football. He had eight touchdown passes combined in the games against Denver and Washington. He played a great game against the Detroit Lions. It's funny to me, like people who, if you're a hater of Justin Fields, 
you're not going to give him credit anyways. But to pretend that he wasn't playing excellent on Sunday uh, is a complete mischaracterization of what was happening out there. He was on fire. He looked so good. And so I, I, I was very impressed with what he did. What I was not impressed with was the coaching. And after Justin Fields went out there and made that huge run, and I know a lot of people, there's still a lot of old people who root for the Chicago Bears who don't understand, like, hey, these players have emotion. So Justin Fields celebrated a little bit after a great run. Like, it's what happens. It's what these NFL players do. The play calling after that was atrocious. I think we can all agree on that. That was not, that was not the play calling that we would want. Justin Fields just created a huge play, and then you're like, ah, oh, just dive. Let's just run a couple of dives. Or just run the ball into the foot. No, be a little bit more creative. You have the Lions on their heels. That team was ready to, to go home. That crowd looked morose. After that field goal attempt, that crowd was ready to go to sleep. Like, they showed the crowd. And I was sitting there watching this, and I know that the Lions fans have spent way too many decades being a downtrodden franchise, that they're not going to go out there and try to be excited about what was going on. But I'm like, you guys aren't that far out of it. Like, it's like, there's no reason to be that glum. Chin's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever my girls give up a goal, I'm always like, chin up. Like, it's fine. We'll get through this. You were 12 points away. And going from, I don't know, going from, and that was the thing too, like talking about play calling, settling for that field goal. You're up nine already. It's already nine points. What is the difference? Nine and 12 is the same as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's basically the same. You want to make it two touchdowns? Eh, maybe. Like, maybe back in the 50s when it was difficult to score. Like, why not go for it at that point? That, again, that just drives me crazy. But we're talking about Justin Fields now. So Justin Fields has played pretty well. And it's to the point now, like, as much as the NFL, as, as much as the Bears coaching staff was like, well, Justin's got seven games to prove that he's the quarterback. Okay, you know what, actually, uh, Bears coaching staff, you have six games to prove that you should be around. Like, that's the most the most incredible thing to me is that this team, over the last two years, has won six games. They have not won back-to-back -back games. There is nothing that this coaching staff has shown me to say that they deserve another opportunity. There really isn't outside of winning six consecutive games to close out the season. And I'm going to say six because I'm, I'm fearful they're going to end up winning like four games. They're going to end up winning four games in a row. And then like the people are going to be like, well, they won four games in a row. And I know that Carmen will be on. And a lot of people point out like, hey, the Bears don't necessarily make. Listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers fired their offensive coordinator during the season, which they haven't done since World War II, which, and I don't even think they were the Pittsburgh Steelers at that point. I think they were combined with the uh, Eagles to form the Steagles, or they were card pit. They were during the World War II era, the Steelers were combined with the, with the Eagles for one year and with the Chicago Cardinals one year. And so they weren't even the Steelers when they did that, to my recollection. Like I know, like I'm, I'm pulling it out of my rear. I'm, I'm guesstimating. 
So the Steelers did something that they don't normally do. So to go back over the history of the Chicago Bears, like, well, they've never done like, Yeah, of course. They had never hired a retread coach until they did it with John Fox. And by the way, for that to be the guy that they, they, is, that they hired as the retread, like it wasn't like they hired Andy Reid. You know what I'm saying? Hey, the Bears, the Bears had never hired a retread coach, not counting George Hallis. And then they did it for John, John Fox, of all people. That was the guy we were going to be the retreads for. Hire a retread. God, what a terrible. What a, he was fired, fired from Denver to make way for Gary Kubiak. Like if we would have hired like Mike Shanahan, that, that wouldn't have made sense. John Fox, what is happening with our lives? So I think the coaching staff, and, you know, Eric Lambert had a story today on the sports mockery where he was like, I know, stop it. He's, I like him. Stop it. Stop. Don't say it. I like him. He was saying that insiders believe that this Eberflus coaching staff could be on the way. You think? You think? It would defy logic. Like, you're running the risk right now. You're losing fans right now by not making a move. By not making a move to elevate the special teams coach or something like that. I understand that the Bears don't want to get themselves into a Rich Blasaccia type of situation where you elevate an assistant coach who does too well, and then you're like, ah, what are we going to do? Because we really had our, our, our hopes set on Josh McDaniels. I don't know. So I don't know if they're trying to avoid that. And I don't know how much bloodlust we need for coaches getting fired. We've already fired a defensive coordinator. We've fired some other people. We've fired plenty of coaches during this off during this season. I don't know that we necessarily need a couple of more, but I think it it stands to reason. Barring an absolute miracle, Matty Everflus should not be the coach of the Bears going into the 2024 season. I like him. I think he's a delightful person. He seems like the kind of guy that I can hang out and have a Diet Pepsi with at the uh, Sugar Shack in Huntington Beach. I do not want him coaching my NFL football franchise. It just, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that we're seeing. Like, this was a very good game. Like, it really was. It was impressive. You go out there. You, you're beating the Lions. You're really taking it to them. Great game plan. But at some point, this is a this is a wins and loss business. And if you cannot get it done, I mean, it, it's happened far too often. I mean, you think about where we're at right now. We're three and three and eight. What week are we going? We're three and eight. At the bare minimum, pun intended, should be five and six. The Denver game should have been a W. This Lions game should have been a W. Now, I know there's people like, we could have beat the Vikings. We could have beat the Saints. Fine. Whatever. I'm, I'm not getting into that. But I'm talking about surefire, the analytics, and the probability said that we were going to win this game five and six at the very worst. Maybe I'll give you six and five. I don't know. Here's my thing. You're not winning those games. You're not doing anything. There's nothing there's nothing that, that, that has shown me that you should be given another opportunity to go out. I don't care how much money it's costing. I don't think that we're at a point anymore. The NFL makes too much money. You cannot 
You cannot go the cheap way out on this. You, you just can't. You can't take the cheap way out. We're, we already have the most cap space and all this stuff. We're saving money. Like, no, 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 no. We need to go out there. I know you want to build a new stadium in Arlington Heights. No, no, no. We got to, you got to be better about this. It's unfortunate. I really thought it was going to work. It's not working. He's got to go. Then it comes down to Justin Fields, who we were talking about a moment ago. I, I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to be good. You cannot, you cannot sit here and say that he's not a good quarterback. He just is. He's, he's, a, good, he's a good quarterback. He's shown that he can play on an NFL level. He absolutely can play. Don't be a hater. Now, if your argument is the next coach should be able to start the clock with a new quarterback, be it Caleb Williams or Drake May or whomever it is. That's a fair statement. That really is. And that 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 is a good one. That is your only thing. That is your that is your only argument. I will I will say, and I there's something to it. That's what the Jets did with Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. How has that worked out? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Urban Meyer got an opportunity to work with Trevor Lawrence. How'd that work? It's not always as perfect as you think it's going to be. I really do believe, and this is going to be, I know, I might change my mind three weeks from now. But when you look at the way Justin Fields is playing, you're like, okay, there's ability there. He's a good NFL quarterback. I think this can happen. If you think about what the top pick in the draft would potentially return in draft capital, in players, in so many different things. Like if you have a teams, and I don't even know who the team would be. Let's say whoever it is, the Falcons. What if the Falcons were like, okay, we'll trade you, you know, what the, it's going to be more than what Carolina gave us. Like you have to understand that. Caleb Williams is a better prospect than Bryce Young. And Bryce Young brought in an S load a ton of draft capital and DJ Moore. Like if you're the Falcons and you're like, okay, here's three first round picks and Drake London, probably not Bajan Robinson, but and Drake London, or maybe Kyle Pitts or somebody like that. In addition to all these draft picks you're going to get, how do you turn, how do you pass that up? How do you, and, and here's the thing too, like we have so many picks because you will get, because then you'll be in another situation the following year, heading into 2025. In 2025, you could have two potential first round picks, maybe more, continuing to, 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 considering how Ryan Poles is probably going to wheel and deal, maybe more. You're going to have at least two first round picks in 2025 if things break correctly and you get multiple picks. Who knows how many other picks we're going to get? You got to make that move. There's going to be, there's, let me tell you something. There's going to be quarterbacks available in 2025. I don't know who it's going to be. I haven't looked that far ahead. There will be a good quarterback available in 2025. I can almost guarantee it. There will be guys like, oh, this is the consensus first pick in the back. And we, again, will have the draft capital to go get that player if you need him. But I think a lot of people will look and say, look, we need some more players. Not a ton. I don't think 
I don't think the level is as, as bad as a lot of people will make it out to be. There is a lot of good players on this Bears team. We've started to see some of these younger guys really starting to step forward. We saw Gervin Dexter playing really well. Tyreek Stevenson gets his first pick of his NFL career. Ryan Poles has already shown that he can start to make some magic with some of these picks. And if the Bears are in a situation to where they trade away the number one overall pick and they they trade away the number one overall pick and they get a bunch in return and then you still have a top five pick that'll let you get Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody like that, like, oh my God, that improves the team so much. You roll back with, with Justin Fields, the coordinator, that you're, the coaching staff that you're bringing in next year, you come in and you find a coach that's going to be like, oh, I, I, I see a lot of what I can do with Justin Fields, uh, be it Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, um, whomever it could be. Eric Bieniemy, one of those guys. Like, look, I'm like, okay, yeah, we can, we can figure out. I can work with this. I just, I, I, I think you have too much. I think you have to trade that pick. I think you're getting too much in return. And by the way, I know I know somebody's going to ask. They're like, "Why don't you draft a quarterback to put?" No, that's not. That is so counterproductive. That is so counter. If you're going to do that, no, no. If if Justin Fields is on the roster, you don't bring in another rookie. No, you don't do that. That is absolute. That is not a great idea. That that competition because at that point, just get rid of Justin Fields and trade him. Then trade Justin Fields. But the amount of draft capital you will get in return for the first overall, second overall pick in the draft compared to what you're going to get for Justin Fields, that's mind-blowing. You, you, you stick with Justin Fields. I mean, there's nothing about there, – like there's no guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to go out there and be the quarterback that everybody thinks that he's going to be. Like, I, I, you know, there's no guarantee of that. I mean, look at it. Look at over the last number of years of like Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is the perfect example. Trevor Lawrence is a good NFL quarterback. He definitely can play on the NFL level. The Jags will probably win the AFC South. He's good. He's a good player. But at the same time, I think Justin Fields can play just as well. And if you bring in a coach that's pretty competent, who can run an offense, who can work with Justin Fields, work with an improving offensive line, in addition to all of the things that would be brought in in return for dealing the number one overall pick or the number two overall pick, depending on what Carolina does. You know, Carolina, uh, they're going to be in a dogfight this week. We need our friends over at the Tennessee Titans to come through for us. We need the Titans. I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I, now I'm, I'm, I'm as active looking at the Titans or excuse me, the Panthers schedule as I am the Bears. I'm like, who do they got? Titan. We need the Titans. That's a winnable game for Carolina. I don't like that. I don't like that. And if Tennessee ends up, what if Tennessee ended up with the first overall pick in the draft? Like, you're going to say, like, are they going to, I mean, it would be the third consecutive year that they've drafted a quarterback. They might not be able to, they might not be able to pass that up either. But I really do believe that we have, I think we got to roll. I, I want to roll with Justin Fields. I think that's my final answer until week 14 when I change my mind. No. I think you got to roll with Justin Fields. I think you got to keep trade at least one of the picks and then work back. I'll, I mean, 
Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to do anything else. It does make sense. I, I will grant you. There is there is something to be said. But I think that it's pretty clear that Matt Eberflus uh, has to be gone. Although I do want to uh, point out a couple of things. I do love that Braxton Jones got sent to the bench because he was going after one of the lines. I swear to God, these guys, and it's not just Justin Fields. I know it's sour grapes because we like to talk about this with Justin Fields, like they will never call a late hit on Justin Fields. Like Aiden Hutchinson was dropping elbows like he was MJF himself, just working Justin Fields out to nothing. Like you're never caught. Like I swear to goodness, you look at Patrick Mahomes the wrong way. Penalty, here comes the laundry. But Justin Fields... Uh, Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray, like a lot of these guys, like no benefit of the doubt. None. Absolutely none. Just nope, do whatever you want. Dive on it. And I swear to goodness, that little 34, the little Fabio guy for the, uh, for the Lions, that dude, that dude is such a Fonzie player. Like he, he jumps on so many piles and celebrates like he did something. Like he's the Grover Dill of the lions like he's just just the sidekick who runs his mouth oh he was annoying me but congratulations to the lions good win for you guys terrible win terrible loss for us all right so do we have any questions i don't know we're gonna keep this short because i know a lot of people they're out and about okay uh this is a good question do you believe that dan can't dan quinn is a good candidate to replace eberflus you know, there are people who will point out that you don't necessarily want a defensive-minded football coach to come in and run this team uh, based on what happened with Matt Eberflus. But the counter to that is that Dan Quinn has taken a team to the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn has been the head coach for the Falcons when they had one of their best offensive seasons. Um, you know, and a lot of that had to do with Kyle Shanahan. I really do believe that it, it depends on who the coordinator. I, if Dan Quinn comes in for an interview and to answer your question, the quick answer, yes, I think he is. I know it would be a tough sell for people who would, um, who would be like, why are they bringing in a defensive minded guy when they got to get judges and feel like we get, we get it. We got it. We understand. And I would say you need an experienced offensive coordinator, but that's not necessarily the, the case because Bobby Slowick has done a great job with everything that is going on with the, with, uh, with the uh, Houston Texans. So I don't think that it's, I don't think you should cut yourself off from looking at somebody like Dan Quinn because he has proven to be a pretty good coach. Like he's, he's got the history. Like we were hoping that Matt Eberflus was going to be a Dan Quinn type and it hasn't worked out that way. Dan Quinn knows what it's like. He's called a timeout on the NFL before. He knows what it's like to be on the sidelines, to be the man in charge. I would have to see a staff. I would have to see I it would have to be a pretty pretty compelling PowerPoint for me to look at Dan Quinn and be like, "You know what? This starts to make a lot of sense. I would need to know names of the offensive coordinators. I would want to know what kind of systems they want to run. Do you want to keep Justin Fields? Do you want to draft a quarterback? 
I don't know. I think it's going to be a very interesting situation for these guys coming into the building. You know, when you sit down with Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, you got to kind of like sit there and, uh, you know, you're taking a risk. You know, like, God, how do they feel? How do they feel about Justin Fields? Like, what are their, what are their, what are, what is their read on Justin Fields? You know what? Like, because Ryan Poles could be ready to move off. And I'm not saying that he is. And I'm not saying this is the correct take. But if Ryan Poles is already sold on moving on from the quarterback and you come into your interview like, I love Justin Fields and I want to coach him and be like, nah, you know. Or if you come in and, and Ryan Poles is committed to flipping that pick and you're like, get rid of this guy or, you know, whatever I'm saying, like, it's it's a big risk. So I would want to know and I would be like, listen, Dan, what do you, what, what's your plan? What is your plan coming in here? What do you want to do? Which way, what direction do you want to go with this? And how did you blow a Super Bowl with a 28 to three lead? That would be one. Like, hey, we know a thing or two about blowing leads here in Chicago now. Um, so I would want to know that. So I think that he's a, a definitely a viable candidate, but you'll hear a lot of offensive names uh, coming up. I don't know, Ben Johnson, it's going to be a guy that really, I mean, I don't know. I think we'd have a better chance of uh, Eric B. Enemy. To be truthful with you. But anyways, how about another question, Sammy? Hey, Foster, do you think there's any way Flus and company stays with the Bears? I mean, there is a way, and it's not a good way, and it's not what you want. You know, number one, I, again, you know, I, I talked about it a moment ago. If they win six consecutive games, which would include a win over the Lions, you would beat the Vikings, you would beat the Lions, finish strong, like if this game, like if the Bears played how they did on Sunday, the rest of the season, and they were because they were kind of dominating. If they were do, they were dominating the Lions. If they started closing out teams, like really suffocating them, not like you know when a team's like getting by on smoke and mirror. like you're when you watch the Steelers, you know that team sucks. And they're like, oh, they're winning games, though. It's like one of those things. I don't think that a six-win, a six-game winning streak with a bunch of like, I can't believe we survived that one. Way to go. I don't think that would do it. But let's say the Bears had closed out, like a, a convincing win over the Lions. Like convince it, shut the door. It was a two-touchdown win. The Lions looked pathetic, as they did for the first 56 minutes. If they did that to a lot of teams, then you would have some momentum. Then you would have a case of like, eh, maybe. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Never nice, never say never. That is one way. The other way is Ryan Poles trying to go out there and be like, look, this has been a rebuild. We've seen some positive things. Like there's no way of selling it. Like if they end up with five wins, six wins, and they try to sell us like, ah, oh, but trust the process, I'm out. I think you'd lose a lot of people, including the locker room. I mean, again, I don't know how the I don't know how the team feels. And I think that we'll find out on Monday night. If that team goes into Minnesota on Monday night and and plays another nearly impeccable game, but actually closes it, okay, that's a good sign for the coaching staff. 
where it stands right now, I, I find it very hard. It's it's a very it's a it's an uphill battle. Never say never. Never say never, especially with the Chicago Bears. I don't think it's a great chance. I don't think it's a really good chance. I, I think there's a lot of they gotta do a lot of things. Eberflus really has his work cut out for him. Because there's not a lot going on. There's not, there's not a there's not a real I don't know. There's not like a lot of stretch of football where you're like, yeah, this is where. I mean, they were playing well last year, not closing out games. But at some point, you got to make, you got to start closing it out. Like one through thirty-two, the teams aren't that different. Some teams have excellent quarterbacks and things like that. The Bears, like just based on probability, should be winning more games, and it's alarming that they haven't. So I don't know, Foster. How about another one, Sammy? If you got one, I don't know. I should have asked you before you queued it up. If for some reason they trade fields, who do you want them to pick in the draft to replace him? Uh, thanks, Cal. This is a very interesting one. I would still believe. I know, like, there's a lot of, um, I know, I, I forget who did it. it was, this might have been Brendan Chagru who put this out there. Somebody else put this out there where they were talking about, like, you know, Caleb Williams, a lot of the things that Caleb Williams does wrong, like, if you watch USC games, like there's a lot of there's a lot of Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. Like a lot of things that you wish Justin was better at, Caleb Williams needs to improve on too. They've got some things of like get rid of the ball, like do it, like trust your read, do this stuff. And so, you know, and by the way, watching the all 22, there were times where Justin, like there were it wasn't there. And I do appreciate that Justin won't throw a hero ball, but I just wish he was better about throwing the ball away. But anyways, we can talk about that later. So Caleb Williams does a lot of that. So you would have to you would be going through a situation of trying to explain to people, you know, hey, I know like we're kind of like, uh, you know, we're, we're drafting the same guy. I've, there's something to be said about you're drafting the same guy, but we're getting five years of him. Like he's, he's starting on his rookie deal, which again, the Bears are not up against the salary cap and they're not going to be up against the salary cap for, for, for quite some time. So I don't know if that's the most compelling argument, but you know, you could sell that. Uh, Drake May played at North plays at North Carolina and everybody I they just will do it he's not the same player as Mitch Trubisky he's a much better college player than Mitch Trubisky could ever hope to be like he is so vastly different from Mitch Trubisky it's not even the same stratosphere it is the difference it's not like Star Wars and Star Trek it's like Star Wars and Tears of Endurance Tears of in terms of Endurance whatever I'm sorry I try to think of an old timey movie from that that time period um from here to eternity whatever it doesn't matter it is so stupid to be like you can't draft another north carolina quarterback but then people will still make those comparisons and will still say those kind of things and um it'll be inevitable and we'd have to sit there and listen to that um but at the same time the quarterback that i like who I think is the best one to go with is Caleb Williams. And I think, listen, I know that Caleb Williams has not been playing well. The USC season has not played as well as many had hoped, had many had thought. But I was talking to Daniel Jeremiah about this when I crossed paths with him. I'm like, what do you, I go, what? I just like, you know, we're, we're crossing, we're sitting there. Usually when I see Daniel Jeremiah, we talk about the, the San Diego Padres. 
and the angels and that kind of stuff. We don't usually, I don't, I have one of the brightest minds in football at my disposal. We talk baseball more than anything because that's just what we do. Listen, a lot of people ask him about football all the time. I, I know he loves baseball and I know he loves to talk about it. So I want to, I want to give him a little bit of a break. But I was talking to Daniel Jeremiah and I did finally just one time, like, hey, like, what is, what's going on? Like, what is happening with, with uh, Caleb Williams? What is it? And the most interesting thing that he said, and be sure to check out his podcast, Move the Sticks, on the, uh, the NFL network of uh, podcasts. He goes, Caleb Williams right now reminds me a lot of what Patrick Mahomes went through during his final season at Texas Tech. Where, and a lot of the things that people used against Patrick Mahomes will be the very similar things as what they use against Caleb Williams. They'll look at this season, they'll look at a lot of the mistakes and not playing as well and all this stuff. But that USC roster, especially the offensive line, isn't that isn't great? Isn't as good as you would think it would be? I mean, they really, this really isn't a great USC team. Now, a lot of people thought they were going to be great because last season, Caleb Williams was able to overcome a lot of the talent deficiencies on that program. Caleb Williams made them look better than they were. This year, he's not able to do that. So some evaluators might hold that against him. But for the most part, you have to trust what you saw Caleb Williams do two years ago, and even the good things that you see now. Caleb Williams is going to be the better quarterback. I know a lot of the armchair GMs out there are watching these games and go like, I'm kind of worried. Now, don't, don't be. Don't be concerned about this. It, is, it, is, it could very well be another situation similar to what happened to Patrick Mahomes. And I know that Drake May has played very well. But at the same time, I don't know. Not to use a Mitch Trubisky thing, but it's like you're still playing like a North Carolina guy as compared to a big-time elite program. I think there's something to be said for that. So for me, I still think that Caleb Williams is going to be the guy. And it's an interesting debate. And the NFL people who study this closer than I do will have a more definitive answer. But I think when we get down to it, Caleb Williams is going to end up being the number one overall pick. And maybe that's what the Bears decide to do. And again, the argument for that is your new coach starts and is on the same clock with his new quarterback. Because you could end up in a situation similar to what's going on with the Giants right now. Like, what if you bring in, like, sprint, you bring in Jim Harbaugh and Justin Fields plays very well? Then you're like, great, we're going to give him one more year for 40 million. And then he goes out and does what Daniel Jones did this year. And you're like, great. Now you're, you're into Day Bowl's third season, and they're going to be, they're going to be resetting the clock with a quarterback this year. And again, when you're looking for teams who could be moving up in the draft to take a quarterback, the Giants are going to be one of those guys, one of those teams. The only problem with the Giants is that there's not a wide receiver that you can poach. Like, I don't know who they got. Like, I would want to be like last when they, when they dealt with the Panthers, they got 
a first this year, a first in 2024, and instead of a first in 2025, they got DJ Moore. I would say if the prospect had been Caleb Williams, you would have gotten a first last year, a first in 2024, a first in 2025, and DJ Moore. But I think because Bryce Young isn't wasn't the prospect that Caleb Williams is going to be, even Drake May, it could end up, yeah. You couldn't quite swing that deal. So it was a little bit different. But for me, I think it'll be, I really do believe that it's going to be Caleb Williams. And I think that once we start going through and really breaking down the tape and guys like Daniel Jeremiah go out there and explain their case fully, we'll all be good being like, okay, Caleb Williams is the guy. But again, that it depends on what the Bears want to do. And again, the only logical argument is having the new coach and having the quarterback on the same clock, I would rather have the talent. And I know, again, you would you could run into you, you could easily run into a situation like they ran into uh, the Giants are dealing with right now, or you could be like what the Harbaugh did. I mean, when Harbaugh went to San Francisco, Alex Smith was on his third coach. Was it a second coach? Like it's sing, the, the Singletary was fine. So Alex Smith had been gone through the ringer. And then Alex Smith ended up being a pretty good NFL quarterback. Kind of an underrated quarterback, if you ask me. Now, obviously, he got usurped by Patrick Mahomes, but I think Patrick Mahomes would usurp just about every quarterback in the NFL over the last 15 years. So no shame uh, in that one. So for me, I don't know. I would go. I would definitely go. I, I lean Justin Fields at this point. That's my final answer until I change my mind. But in any event, I know we didn't even talk about the Vikings. Uh, I did see that Justin Jefferson, by the way, this is another thing. I'm going to say this. I'm going to close on this. Justin Jefferson tweeted out. Uh, he doesn't care about our fantasy teams. He's not going to play this weekend. Good. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time, buddy. No reason to come back this week. And you got a bye week. So why not do that? Don't play against the bears. You're fine. Take some time off. Take all the time you need. It's great that we're not going to see you. Gives us a competitive advantage. And for anybody who's out there, like, well, I just want us to lose games now. No, don't. No. We have Carolina's pick. Root for Carolina to lose. That's fine. We should win. I know. I can't even believe. Like, it's week. We're heading into week 12. And again, people are like, well, you lost the one. You look good. Like, no, I want to look good and win. We have, the, we have the Panthers pick. We do have an advantage of, like, having somebody else's pick. We're probably going to end up with two top 10 picks. I want to win games now. I want to feel good on a Sunday. You know, like, look at the Giants this week. They beat the Commanders. Look how good that, look how good they felt. Did they cost them some draft capital? Of course. Who cares? You beat the Commanders. Have some fun. This is why we're fans of football. Not because we're thinking about draft picks and all that stuff. We want to go out there and enjoy wins. We want to come back. Look how happy Tyler Scott is. After a win, it's so much fun. It's an enjoyable thing to do. Uh, by the way, I um, want to remind everybody, if you're looking to get into the action over the Thanksgiving weekend, the easiest way to play fantasy sports is with Underdog Fantasy. Oh, it's so simple to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the Underdog Fantasy app. First-time users using the promo code SICK will get their initial deposit up to $100 matched by Underdog. They have these awesome 
pick them contest. You're sitting there. Listen, if you're on the fence, if you've never played fantasy football, you're like, I really want to give this a shot. What better time than Thanksgiving to go out there, go to underdogfantasy.com, download that app, use our promo code, make a deposit, get it matched by underdog, and then do, do some pickums. Just do some pickums. And we got like we got Jameer Gibbs playing tomorrow. We got uh Tony Pollard. We have Christian McCaffrey. By the way, in my fantasy team, I got this uh, guillotine league. And I know I've talked to people about guillotine leagues before. So I got all of my running backs and my flex guys are going tomorrow. And it's Gibbs, McCaffrey, and Tony Pollard. I, I couldn't think of a better trio to go. I might I, I feel like I should bench Pollard for Mixon, but I don't like the quarterback situation. Uh, with Tim, who knows? Maybe Tim Boyle goes out there and kills it. But the Steelers fired Matt Canada. I feel like they're going to play some inspired football. I think it's going to be a, a renewed sense of vigor uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I want to thank everybody who joined us here. I, you know what? As we sit here and uh, and we talk about Thanksgiving, and you think about things that you're thankful for. Number one, our Canadian producers are like, "Why do you have Thanksgiving so late?" Which is absolutely the case. Why is it so it's like when it's like it's like Bill Burr dropping into the comedy store and we're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wedge you in between two killer comics. Like Halloween's an amazing time of year, as is Christmas. Let us like no, we don't need thank no Thanksgiving should be in October where the Canadians do it because it makes more sense. Because now everybody's arguing whether Thanksgiving gets short-sighted or not. If you just put this in October. Let it lead off the season instead of wedged into the middle when people can't fully appreciate it. But in any event, I want to thank, I want to, I just wanted to say I'm thankful to everybody uh, who has followed along with this podcast that is uh, hung with us, who follows us on social media and all that stuff. You know, we thought about this when we started this two years ago. Like, oh, this is going to be a great time to be in, be in the Bears podcast business. Um, the team's going to start coming along. And we thought even last year, you know, we get that uh, number one overall pick. We get DJ Moore. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to continue to grow. And then, you know, another terrible season. But listen, the fact we're the true diehards of everybody who is here. So I'm very thankful for each and every one of you, even you, the Lions fans and Vikings fans who love to come in here and run your mouth. You deserve it. Uh, you know what? You've been playing great, especially our, our friend uh, Don, uh, the, the, the Lions fan. Like you, you've earned it. Like whatever. You have not had a great sports experience during your lifetime, so live it up right now. You've, you've earned it. Dan Campbell's doing a great job. I'm envious. I hope that we can get there at some point, but I want to thank everybody uh, who is joining us tonight. If you're going out and hanging out with your friends and doing what, please be safe. Please take a ride share service, and that goes for the entirety of the weekend. If you need money, let me know. No, please be safe this weekend and uh, enjoy, enjoy the football on Thanksgiving. We'll see you uh, on the other side of Thanksgiving with a, an actual preview of that Vikings game. So for Sammy and Anello, Carmen, and all the guests who've joined us, thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.